0: This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Welcome to this hour of the program, Rob Breckenridge with you on this uh, day after what was obviously a monumental day in American politics uh, and certainly something that's uh, going to have global repercussions as we await to see what President Trump, what his reign looks like and what kind of an approach he's going to take, what it's going to mean for Canada, and something we'll talk about on the program today, and why it happened as it did. Clearly, there, there was a backlash. What was the backlash against? What are people angry about? Is it the economy? It's interesting because states that are doing very well economically, Iowa's a great example. And that's a state that went to, to Trump, Iowa, or rather Ohio's economy has has really come back strong. Another state that went to Trump. You know, a lot of people talking about some of the racial divide. It's worth pointing out as well. South Carolina, a state that Donald Trump won quite handily, also elected uh, a black Republican senator, a state that also has a governor, by the way, who's of Indian descent. So it's it's a complex picture. But it's certainly, again, and I think it's important to, to restate, as I said off the top, the United States is a great democracy, whether you like Donald Trump, whether you like President Obama, whether you don't like any of them. Uh, And they're our closest friend and ally, and let's hope that that continues to be the case. As we said yesterday, though, if if Trump wins, it does throw a lot of conventional wisdom out of the window, and it's certainly going to mean some soul-searching for the Democrats. Uh, Hillary Clinton certainly got the candidate I think she wanted and came up just short. You look at how close Florida was, and the fact that Hillary won the popular vote. Had she won Florida, uh, she would be president elect today. So it's uh, it, you know it's a, a game of close margins. It is funny. I mean, the Electoral College is is an important system, and it works. George W. Bush was a legitimate president 16 years ago, even though he didn't win the popular vote. Same thing here. There was a tweet from from 2012 that were Donald Trump himself said the Electoral College was, was a joke. Well, it worked out for him last night. And, and you see why it's there. It's there for a reason. The system works. Anyway, joining us for some thoughts, very pleased to welcome in the program uh, someone who's certainly been in politics a long time himself. It's going to be part of an event today, the School of Public Policy of the University of Calgary. PolicySchool.ca is their website. You can find out more. Uh, but it's the day after the big election. Uh, and one of the guests will be former U.S. Congressman Bill Owens, a Democrat from New York, and he's going to be at this event today. Congressman, thank you so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Rob.
0: Well, why don't I just kind of put a a simple open question to you out of the gate here, just your own thoughts on on what we all witnessed last night.
1: Well, I have to tell you that uh, it was certainly stunning. Uh, I don't think uh, we anticipated, very few people anticipated that this would happen. Um, However, uh, having some conversations with people uh, that I work with, several of them said that uh, they would have voted for Bernie or Trump had they been on the ballot, and it would have been a tough decision if it was a, a Bernie versus Trump election. So what that tells me is that the underlying theme here is that there's a great amount of angst. And that both Bernie and Trump touched the same nerve, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that people do not feel the government is working for them
0: yeah there 's a lot to that obviously and, and people are are noticing that look th- this comes on the heels of the brexit vote, and maybe it 's not a uniquely uh, American phenomenon, and that you know maybe one reason the polls are wrong is because you got a lot of people who are voting for the first time or haven 't voted for a long time who who feel now that there 's an opportunity to take back their government or, or send a message or give the middle finger to the system, whatever it is. It, it's, you know, it was a different kind of election.
1: It certainly was a very different election. I don't think the polling was particularly good, and it hasn't been in, in recent years for a lot of reasons. I think because people are using cell phones more, uh, people are, are not necessarily willing to answer polls, uh, I think there's a lot of reasons why the pollsters are having some difficulty getting their arms around um, an accurate analysis of a, of a race.
0: What do you think that is, right? Because I mean, the, the campaigns, they, they got to have good data. You got to know where you got to spend money. You got to know which demographics you're strong with, where you're weak. You, you, you got to know all of these things to run an effective campaign. So if you don't have polling, what are you going to do? Well, I think that there's
1: certainly a difference between the polling that is done by if you will outside groups and polling that's done internally uh, the activities of the candidates and the parties poll in different in different ways and search out <clears throat> more messaging issues than they do uh, necessarily the how you're going to vote question so they're asking what are you concerned about they're asking, if Donald Trump said this, how would you respond? If Hillary Clinton said that, how would you respond? So it's a bit different type of polling. Um, and they're trying to combine that information with what they're seeing in the public polling data to determine how to proceed and where to uh, to dedicate your resources.
0: You know, looking forward, um, you know, I, I, I think... People voted for Donald Trump for different reasons. Uh, Maybe they just wanted to send a message. Maybe there were aspects of his policy that that they liked. I mean, he's bound to disappoint some people, I think. And there's the realities of of governing that are going to become apparent to him very quickly. Uh, Was this kind of a one-off election in in that sense? And do you think the way it sets up in 2020 is going to be a a, a lot different? Where where do politics in, in the U.S. go from here?
1: Certainly, I think Trump is going to have a great deal of difficulty coming forward with a broad plan of how to operate the government. Um, Although that being said, I think many Republicans who walked away from him will now be willing to serve in his administration. That said, I do not believe he has an overarching game plan, if you will. You know, how do you implement activities at the Department of Commerce, the Department of Interior, uh, Homeland Security. I think he's focused on uh, the uh, Defense Department, and he may well be focused on um, the Treasury, but I'm not sure that he's got a broad scope view of what to do and how to do it. So it will be very interesting to me to see how the transition goes, and then the first three or four months – of his term uh, to determine whether or not um, it is a rocky road or a smooth road. Um, You've got the potential for some internal battles in the Republican Party. Obviously, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell were not particularly supportive of Mm -hmm. Mr. Trump. How does he respond to that? Mm -hmm. Given how he has talked on the campaign trail and acted, there's, I think, some legitimate concern that he may not do a good job of interacting with these folks in order to move the Republican agenda forward as opposed to the Trump agenda forward.
0: What about the Democrats? Um, you know, there, there's going to be some some soul-searching, uh, obviously, going forward. Uh, you know, I, I think— certainly Michelle Obama, I think, has, has um, a future maybe in politics. And, and I think the Obamas, to some extent, remain a face uh, of the Democratic Party. I don't know what the future holds for the Clintons. But but who becomes the, the leaders now of, of the Democratic Party going forward?
1: I think there's going to have to be a transition to, if you will, the next generation of leaders. Certainly the Obamas fit in that category. Um, but you have the Clintons um, who are, you know, uh, maturing um, and you have people in the House and the Senate um, like Harry Reid, who has matured uh, out of office. I think there's got to be some transition to younger people who will drive the train, if you will. You know, the, the baby boomers, um, of which I'm one. Um, are are going to need to give way to, you know, Gen X and the millennials because they are doing their business differently. And it's important that you have people in the mix who understand and who are part of those generations in order to uh, find out how to include those people in the democratic process. And obviously, the big issue, though, the big issue, I think, that Uh, resonates here is that there is a great feeling amongst many people that the government doesn't function for them, and that economically they have been left behind. That's kind of a mixed bag in the United States, if you will, for the Republicans, because the Republicans clearly support the 1%. So how do Democrats and Republicans put themselves in a position where they can appeal to the broad, the broad silos of, of the demographics. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how they go forward, but they're going to, as you're saying, have to do some soul searching and have to do some real thinking about what are the goals and objectives that they need to achieve in order to bring people back into the system.
0: Well said. Well, Congressman, we'll leave it there. Uh, again, the event goes uh, 4.45 this afternoon, the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. Uh, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: All right. That's uh, Bill Owens, uh, former congressman, Democratic congressman from New York. He'll be a part of this uh, event this afternoon. Also, Stefan Pasentino, uh, who had most recently worked with Texas Governor Rick Perry, also with Senator Ted Cruz's presidential campaign. Uh, they'll both be speaking at this event today. Uh, Kevin Libin. Managing editor of the National Post and Financial Post will be there. We're going to hear from Kevin Libin later on today, 2.30 today. As a matter of fact, he's got a fascinating piece on what this all might mean for Canada. And yeah, that maybe there is some, some silver lining for Canadians. So long as we still have free trade with the United States. And maybe that's up in the air. I, I don't know. That's one of the big question marks, I think, with the Trump presidency. Uh, is what does it mean for global trade? How protectionist does he intend to be? And is the Congress going to go along with it? You got, like, for example, Rob Portman, senator from uh, Ohio, who was victorious, uh, victorious last night, very strong proponent of free trade. So, you know, and I think Mr. Owens is right. There, there is going to be that tension between House and Senate Republicans and President Trump. Last night, Trump sounded very magnanimous, reaching out to those who, who didn't support him. And at the same time, you know, there's a lot of voices out there in the conservative media saying, OK, that's it. Time for some recriminations. Mitch McConnell, get him out of there. Speaker Paul Ryan, forget it. Let's get him out of there. Is it really the time for payback? It's one thing if Trump had lost. You could understand Republicans kind of pointing fingers at one another or turning on one another. He's the president. You guys won. This was a Republican wave. And, you know, to some extent, you could look at how some of these senators like Marco Rubio outperformed Donald Trump. I mean, you could make an, uh, an argument that he was lifted by them, that he was part of this Republican wave. Uh, so they, they've got some clout and they've got some sway. And uh, obviously, I, I think it's in everyone's interest for them to work together. I don't know that it helps Donald Trump or, for that matter, Republicans in the Senate and House uh, to be fighting with one another. But you've got people in the Senate and the House who were less than supportive of Donald Trump. And is he going to, to be vindictive about that, or is he going to put it all aside? That's another big question. All right, 403-974-8255. Let's take a break. More time for your calls. we got some audio to get to as well. Play a little bit of what Donald Trump said last night. We can get to a little bit more of what uh, our prime minister was saying today. Uh, but I want to get your calls and your text in as well. We're back with more right after this.